Bibles. Turn with us to the writings of Matthew chapter 16. I sat here and was totally amazed as the elder talked all over everything I wanted to talk about, and yet in talking about it, he left it alone. He'd just brush up against it and go on. And I said, well, now if he goes ahead, Lord, I'll, I'll take that as a sign. But he would just bump up against it, and then he'd leave it. So here we are in the writings of Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. And I'm not reading all of these verses, just portions. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 19, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Hold that in your mind. And then... The last portion of verse 21, how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. And then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. You may be seated. I recognize today that the spirit world is really a world of controversy there's a lot of things that we perhaps hate to admit concerning the spirit world and yet they are absolute there is no way that you can get away from the creation of God and the very fact I mentioned this the other night that Satan was created of God and he found his position in Ezekiel 28 and 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. And in verse 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. And thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. And because of this, he says, I will cast thee to the ground. I would address this today and ask you, was Satan created a person or a spirit? And if he was created a person, then how could that person be so uh, able to come in and out of the presence of God? And if he was created a spirit, then how do you explain that he was so beautiful? And his beauty 
would affect him in his relationship with his God. Of course, I know that we all are fully aware that Satan is and was a spirit being. I am suggesting today that the beauty of the man was in verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created. But one thing that happened in the very spirit and in the very heartbeat of Lucifer was that thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by the reason of brightness. I am telling you today that the power of the intellect and the reason that I possess and you possess can easily be our downfall. And I'm going to use for a subject today rather loosely from the writings of Matthew when Jesus said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things of God, but the things that be of men. And my reason for this subject is I want you to recognize today that in a few verses prior to this, this is the same man that Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. You're blessed. In fact, I am so excited about what I see in you and what you are revealing concerning myself that I, I, I'm telling you right off, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. I am authorizing you to, uh, at that day, to loose and bind. And whatever you loose, whatever you bind, I'm behind you. It will be loosed in heaven. And then a few verses later, this man is rebuked by the master and said, Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not savor the things of God, but the things of men. Now, any way you look at this scripture, what Christ was speaking about is that Simon, who in a few verses prior is operating not out of his reason or his logic, but is operating out of the spirit of his heart, and he has discovered the Lamb, the Son of God, the one come as Messiah. And a few verses later, Brother Westberg, he has left the spirit world and has gone back to logic. And he said, I'm telling you, Master, they're not going to take you in Jerusalem. I will not allow you to be put to death. I am going to stand between you and whoever tries to offend you. I will not allow it to happen. And Christ said, get behind me, Satan. Now I want to talk on the subject just for a few moments today. On what does it take to make you the devil? What does it take to make you the devil? Now, please understand what I'm saying. 
I am talking about a spirit that has ability by logic and by reason. This is Lucifer's main problem from the very beginning. By thy brightness, by thy way of insight, and by logic. And you, you come to this place in a logical sense that I can come to the throne of God and there is a place where I can be equal with God. And Satan, in his reason, began to somehow convince himself, I can, and this is the best thing. I want you to know today that this has been one tremendous meeting. There is spirit flowing here. There is a moving of the Holy Ghost here. But I am not talking about demon possession. I am not talking about resident spirits that have attacked your spirit and body. But I am talking about a spirit world that knows how to get into your logic and in my logic and cause me in every practical sense as far as your spiritual walk is concerned, for me to perhaps be the devil as far as the direction of your life and what God has got for you. What does it take for me to become a devil? I'm telling you, church, and someone said, but the devil can't operate in a spiritual environment. I'm telling you, he, his, his, his whole environment was spiritual. He was created in a spiritual environment. And you said, but if Christ remains in you, you're not going to sin. But the one problem you have comes back to who? Discipleship. Who is the ones that are really putting the discouragement on Christ? He was not discouraged by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was not discouraged by those outside of the inner circle but it was those whom he had placed his love on who by the spirit of revelation had discovered the mystery of Christ and who he was. And right in the midst of a spiritual moment as he progressed down the quarter of time and he's about to go to Jerusalem, it's almost time for crucifixion. And then Simon says, you're not going. You're not going. I'm here today to tell you that if we're not careful in the church, our greatest enemies will be we as a congregation and as a movement standing in the way of the Spirit. And in every practical sense, we become Satan talking against the purpose and the will of God for each other. Hallelujah. It's an easy thing for you to know the will of God for somebody else. I'm not come today to take away from the operations of the gifts of the Spirit. I am not coming to, to say there isn't a thus saith God. But we are so caught up in our ability and in our wisdom and our know-how spiritually until we become spiritually sitting there ready to become the mouthpiece of Satan and we can distract and discourage and destroy. You see, the sin in the beginning in the writings of Genesis is that paradox that has been around ever since the age. And it was nothing more, yea, hath God said. 
reason made its play for mankind. He didn't wait until there was several generations. He started in the very beginning. Get into your head. Logic is one of our greatest assets, but it is one of our greatest downfalls. Reason is one of our greater safeties. And in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. But the purpose of God has got to be paramount. There has got to be a distinct course and direction. And we've got to know the purpose of God and the will of God in my life or in your life. And if you are listening to every sound and every opinion, some well-meaning person is going to come to you by the logic of their own thoughts, and they're going to speak not as God, Brother Renfro, but they're going to speak as the devil to stop the purpose of God in your life. What I want to emphasize today is that this is all in one chapter. I'm telling from Revelation to blocking the purpose of the eternal spirit in just a few verses. I'm telling you that while we sit here at the very glory of God, in the midst of God's presence and anointing, and while we are basking in it, the spirit is prepared to manipulate me or you to the hurt of one another. Hallelujah. And I become just as the devil to a friend, giving out advice that is totally contrary to the mind and the witness of the Spirit, standing in the way of the purpose of the Holy Ghost. I, I'm telling you, we're in a spirit world, and the reason that I feel so compelled to preach like this, uh, like this or along these lines is that as we move up, and become spiritually sensitive to the things of the Holy Ghost, there is a blind place that we all find in this dimension. And that is that we tend to place great confidence, and I know the Bible says, know them that labor among you. And so we know them. And then, as a result, Brother Renfro, we can, we can just simply say, but I know the man. He's a godly man. And he may be a godly man. But his reason, his logic, amen, can be influenced not by the spirit of his person, but by his mentality. And you see, the one thing that I battle and the one thing you battle, you're going to constantly battle from the physical and the spirit. And these are flowing back and forth. And the one moment I'm in the flesh and the next minute I'm in the spirit. And then somehow we get the flesh and the spirit mixed up. And the finest of men and the finest of saints can become a spiritual hindrance to the cause and the purpose of God. And we stand there as the very devil. Get it in your head. No, he's not going to come. And for the most part, he's not going to come into your presence or into your life in some spiritual form. But rather, he is going to use men and people to manipulate your life. Hallelujah. It only takes just a short few words in the heat of anger. And just simply, I don't care what you think. And a young convert is crushed to the core. 
and it may destroy them they may not come back and then you wonder how did where did that anger come where did I get this feeling of anger and animosity and how is this brought about and you hear me brethren one of the things that we are going to have to pull for like we've never pulled for it before is the spirit of brotherhood and the spirit of unity and a pledge and a pledge if for any reason Brother Schweitzer, that a spirit can so cause me to say something to you that would be spiritually a hurtful thing. Give me the tenacity and the spirit of understanding to beg you to forgive me because I don't know what spirit there is that's working on me or through me at the moment. Now, I'm not talking about brazen sins. I'm talking about being took advantage of. And now, now I know I'll be getting into some disagree, uh, areas of disagreement, but I, if I understand the sin of Eve, you said, but it was presumptuous and go into all of these different uh, types and understandings of what happened. But you see, if I understand it, it was a beguiling she was took advantage of. You said she should have never reasoned. That was her medium of understanding. It's logic. And you logically try to understand these things. We try to perceive answers. We try to get answers from God. And we're so desperate. And in our desperation, there is a thin line between getting an answer from God and then the devil manipulating someone to come and give you a little spiritual encouragement that is the damnation of your soul. Don't you ever, you say, well, in that case, I won't pray. No, you've got to pray. But we're going to have to make sure we know. And we're going to have to be big enough to understand that if this stranger can come into the midst of the church and he can plant, if he can plant seed that's not of the original seed, it's not the incorruptible seed, but the tares are being planted, at the same time, if he can come in and sow discord, Tell me that he cannot come in to me or to you and motivate me through my mind and through my thoughts. Say things that is hurtful and damnable to the cause. And hear me, he's doing it to the point of putting us at odds. Creating spirits, creating attitudes. Several months ago, my wife and I had a little frivolous disagreement didn't amount to anything I really don't even recall what it was but I we kind of settled it it was no major thing but I went to prayer and by the time I got on my knees good it was like the Holy Ghost said don't you know what's going on I said no and I just maybe a little too uh, quick to say something back and offend my wife and it was as I moved into the spirit the Holy Ghost said, this is not you. There's a spirit working between you and her to cause friction and confusion. And you really can't put your hand on it. I walked back in. I said, honey, I can't explain it and you can't explain it, but it starts and it happens. There's a spirit world. And if he can get in my mouth and make me say something that hurts you, he's laughing. Oh. Now, he said, just go ahead and relax and be yourself a will. You know, 
that introduction you gave me last night, and then Wayne McLean and his wife having a disagreement, you know, this, this guy way up here on the totem pole, you know. I want to be real, church. And here we are, and then wait a minute, there's a spirit that moves me and motivates me, and I'm telling you, I'm talking right where you live. And just because the anointing trips off of you on Sunday night and you think that you're about ready to sell away, don't you ever forget, just because the Lord said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, take them. And then a few verses later, he's saying, get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things of God. And it's a, as long as we're in this body, the devil, if we're not careful, can get in our mouth, get in our attitudes, and make us say things and harbor things that can cause harm and destruction to saints. And am I going to be a saint? Or will I go to church this Sunday as the devil? Maybe you'll walk in with a few things to tell a few people. When I get there, I'll straighten a few things out. You know why Johnny and Jim got in a fuss? It wasn't because that they were, had any major problems. The fuss was the devil wanted you in on it. And so you're going to go tell Johnny's dad a, a few things. If he'd tend to his boy. And it wasn't Johnny's dad. And when you, get trying, when you get through trying to figure out the problem, the devil was you. Because you yielded yourself to reason and to logic. And then you opened your mouth when you should have went to Jesus and had a good prayer meeting. And said, no, God, you tend to this, and I'm not going to fool with it. Hallelujah. Hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm telling you, our most spiritual churches are having an attack of some kind of a spiritual inroad. And you know, the spirit thing is, you can't, you can't put your hand on it. It's right here on you, this service, and it's over here, this service, and it's back over here. And then, Pastor, if you start trying to chase all of these little things and little hurt feelings and attitudes, then you, you're going to run yourself crazy trying to find it because it's nothing more than the devil who from the beginning took the brightness of his wisdom and used his own counsel to go against God. He hasn't changed his way and he's going to get in my mind now McLean you know you, you you're kind of you can handle it let's reason this out and you'll get into my logic and make a fool out of me brother Shrekis more than once I've opened my mouth and stuck both feet in I've had to go back and tell people I'm sorry I, I, I was just I was just a little uh, I just I just didn't think it through. And the devil is manipulating. And he's that spirit pushing. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. You hear me? Say it. Tell it. Don't, don't hold that in there. Speak it out. Talk it. And then offense comes. Hurt. Bitterness. Strivings. And we're talking about the devil. And we are shrouding him and wearing him in our lives. Are you saying, I'm the devil? No. You're his means. He is a spirit being, and so he wants to use your logic and reason to fulfill his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And don't you ever forget that he's working overtime. And the Bible clearly says you're going to have to be aware of what's going on lest Satan takes advantage of you. Now we can take that scripture any way we want to and we can talk about the sins of the flesh and the body or we can refer, if you will allow me to do so, into the spiritual type that I'm trying to preach today that he can take advantage of you. Hallelujah. Pastor's wife, maybe your husband is three hours late. And you may really have something to say to him when he gets there. And he's dealt with major church problems. I mean, major problems. It looks like that if something doesn't happen, there's going to be maybe a few families leave the church. He is up to here. And then to top it off on the freeway, he had a flat. And he doesn't have a phone. He can't call you. And he loses an hour and a half trying to get the flat fixed. And before you even give him a chance to open his mouth, and he comes in and he's got grease on his hands and he's upset and you're upset more. And you start telling him a few things. And you have left the position of the pastor's wife, the gracious woman, and you are now the devil smiling at this servant of God who's beat down with problems. And you tell him a few things. Hello? What does it take for me to become a devil? Just how do, it's any time you let logic start playing in your mind. It's when you second guess the pastor. I guess now that Brother Howard has decided that so and so don't need to be on the platform. That means there's sin in their life. No, it doesn't mean there's sin. They may have a case of laryngitis and want to take a week off. It's none of your business. I'm telling you, it only takes a few seconds for that spirit to leave from the authority of the pastor to the pew and in your logic you start reasoning through. I'm talking about when we're having red hot revival. People are getting the Holy Ghost from one side to the other and the devil of all people picks you and says now this is a few things we need to talk about. But he'll never tell you that in the second person. He tells it in the first person. He wants you to know it's your logic. It's your reason. Your reason. Reason our church won't go is we got a few clicks in it. Have you ever heard the story of the clicks? It won't go because there's a few clicks. You know where that comes from? It's that same old devil that's moving to find somebody to house himself in for just a service or two. And once I can really fix things up real good, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave that person. That's right. I'm not going to, this is not demon possession. It's only just momentary spirits. Now, then I'll leave them. And then and sister so-and-so that caused the trouble Sunday night is back on her feet shouting on Wednesday night. I mean, she is just loose as she can be. And now the devil says, that proves that it wasn't her. But it was her. I'm telling you today that the devil is wanting to make us his medium by which he can bring about little spirits into the church and attitudes. And he's working overtime in the ministry so that you won't perceive me and I won't perceive you so that attitudes can become deep-seated and things can become core problems in our spirit and that we will not manifest ourselves out of the true spirit of love and mercy and forgiveness. And Almighty God, would you awaken us to the realization that as long as we live, we can be the medium of harm and hurt. For the kingdom keep my hands clean keep my hands clean
That's why it's a daily prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Lead me not into temptation. Forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive the trespasses of others. Would you somehow, oh God, allow me to see and to recognize that my needs are these and that I have to have your presence. I have to have your anointing. Praise God. This same passage is recorded again in Mark. It's almost identical. This same man in the writings of John chapter 13, he comes back with another attitude, and that is concerning washing of his feet. He said, oh, no, you're not going to wash my feet. And when the Lord got through, he said, then wash my head too. And Simon, you know, he was so, he, he was so subject. He was such a spirit being that he's so subject to the foul spirits. Amen. And you want to know, and I say this sincerely, because I, if there's anything I'm concerned about, Brother Boffman, it is the healing miracles of God back in the church like they need to be. And what Brother Booker preached today is between the message and the receiving of that promise, that distance is something else. And I, I just want to say this off of the subject. Let me drift just for a moment. But one of the major things we're having today is the devil, and I mentioned this last night, his ability is almost parallel and identical with God's. And there's a lot more healing taking place in the church than we think there is. But if you observe lying symptoms, you will ignore the mercy that's been given to you. And there's healing that comes, and yet the symptom that the devil puts back in your body is almost identical to the disease that was there last night or week before last. And he convinces you you're not healed. And we're going to have to tell the devil he's a liar. I said we're going to have to tell the devil he's a liar. And I don't want us to get so cautious that we won't pursue the gifts of the Spirit and the operation of the Holy Ghost. But I pray God help us to recognize that whatever means the devil can come into the congregation and bring about confusion and anxiety and frustration out of the mouths of people that you just would not suspect it to come out of. Now hear me. Someone that's unfaithful to church, they're very inconsistent, they're spiritually up and down, that's no voice. Anybody with any sense says, oh, those people are not even really established in the church. But it's people that's there ever service. It's people that are there, I mean, week in and week out. They're involved in the church. And if he can ever go home with you and give you a good talking to, then you'll walk right back into church next service. And the devil walks in in your body. And you've got a few things to tell a few people. Now, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but you're looking at a man that's been used to the devil before. I've opened my mouth and said things I had to go back and repent of. I realized that I was manipulated by a spirit. And I'm telling you, he wants to take a, 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 a convention like this. And then in order to diffuse it, let you go home, not to revival, not to apostolic meeting, but to things that have cropped up that will cause you to say, now God, what next? I'm telling you, I am trying to, by the Holy Ghost, I want to prepare you that when you see these symptoms, recognize them for what they are. Now here is the creature. Peter was the spokesman of Pentecost. He spoke out of turn because he was influenced by the spirit world. 
But God did not forsake him, but he rebuked him in order that he could understand you do not savor the things of God. But when you perceive the Spirit, I'm going to quicken you. I'm going to energize you with my Spirit and power, and you still have a position of authority in the coming kingdom. Hallelujah. 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 Turn to your neighbor and say, are you the devil? Hallelujah. You say, oh, no, I'm not the devil. But you hear me? You may well be next week. I may well be next month. I may well be the cause of somebody's discouragement in service any, at, at, at just any time. It's, it's some, some, sometimes it's nothing more than a little flippant remark. Just a little statement. Of a, you, you, we don't even weigh it out. You say, I'll just say this. It's done. It penetrates to the core. And there's lasting hurt. And Satan is using you against the cause of the kingdom. You want to know why? I said it last night. I'll say it again this evening. The reason that he is working overtime and is going to try to infiltrate the church in my mind and your mind is because he knows that what is about to happen. Someone said, but uh, you mean uh, the devil knows his time? Sure he knows his time. He is aware of the progress of the church. And I am firmly believing that when the revival comes along, somebody said, we want a revival. Amen? We want a move of God. Amen? Go back and show me any revival you've ever had in your church. And I'll promise you when revival starts, the devils come out of the woodwork. And if you're really gung-ho on revival, he's not going to only bring spirits from outside. Every time we have a real move of God, there's someone that comes into our church that's minus a brick. And they'll sit there, and I've had those little darlings wallow around on the front and get my attention. I lose my train of thought. And as soon as the services kind of die off a little bit, they just disappear. And hear me, and if it's not that, he'll use us. Right. And let me talk to you pastors. You know what he's going to do to you? Because you live in a glass house. And somebody's going to say something about your boy. Is that your boy? Huh? Nephew. Okay. 18 months. Well, let's get somebody older. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Schweitzer. In the glass house, your kids are always doing wrong. And you know why they're, you know why they're picking on your kids? There's only one reason. It's not them. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And we all know that, but we don't practice it. As soon as you said it, so-and-so said, no, they didn't say it. But it came out of their mouth. They still didn't, still didn't say it. If you're casting out a devil, who, whose mouth does he talk out of? It's the person you're casting the spirit out of that a different sound and a different expression comes out of that same mouth. But the person that has the demon is doing the talking in a different sound. And you recognize it's not the person's normal voice. He's using that person to communicate with. And hear me? This is why there's harassment to the pastor, to the pastor's wife. Oh, so you got a new dress. I wish I was a preacher's wife. And you go home, it's the first one you had in six months. Yeah. 
And nobody in the church even bought it for you. Maybe mom sent the money to buy it. But it, the job is done. And there's hurt and there's grief. And the devil is doing his work. And you walk into church and you don't even want to hit the keys on the piano tonight. I'll drag them. Let's let the song leader try to figure out why the, song, the piano's not sounding right. Because I've got an attitude now. That's exactly what he wants. And then somebody doesn't speak to you. I had a little lady come up one day and said, Are you mad at me? I said, No. I said, Why? I said, You had not spoke to me lately. I said, I beg you to forgive me. I didn't know it. You know, you can't shake every hand. And I, I've got this little scatterbrained way that I'll get two or three things on my mind. I look right at you and don't even see you. I was rushing over to church this week. And I got through an intersection, and I looked back, and the, the light was still green. I said, now, was it red or green a while ago? And I drove along. I said, thank you, Jesus. I could have died. And, and honestly, I don't know if it was red or green. I just assumed that my subconscious worked. And the devil's doing anything overtime to place a spirit there that says, this is what's going on. And you totally destroy what you've worked for. We're not trying to destroy each other. And it doesn't matter if someone sits in the right place or not. This is old stuff. I know I'm talking common, but it happens every day. I get amazed. We had a good family we prayed through recently. And one of my better families went up to them and told them, said, I guess you know, these people never talk like this, but they talk like this this one time. I guess you know, you know that you're sitting where we sit. They've heard me preach on things like this. But momentarily, the devil said, do these people have the audacity to take the place that I enjoy the best? This is where God's at. He doesn't sit three places down. God comes right here. What does it take to make a devil out of you? What does it take to get an attitude? Hallelujah. And the church starts growing, and the strangers come in, and people come in, and the pastor starts showing them attention. Obviously, you've got to feed the babies. But Brother White, I don't know what's happened to you. We was here when these people wasn't. We've been paying bills when they had, they just started paying tithes. They're not really in this. And the reverend's taking somebody out to lunch, and he hadn't took me out in 10 years. And so now then... You and your years of, ten years of faithfulness, you have become the devil and the adversary of the pastor. If he doesn't have anything to worry about, he's got something now. What am I going to do? These faithful saints, and you become a spirit and a, and a means by which spirits can be manipulative. And they, and they move and motivate you. And then you get offense and you get hurt. By this shall men know you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. I want, to, I want to come to a close quickly, but we've got to get out of this business if I hurt you. If there's anything that rubs me wrong, if I've offended you, if I've hurt you, let's just do it. Let me just do it. Forgive me. Forgive me for any offense. I just want you to know I love and appreciate you. But caution here. Don't tell anybody you love and appreciate them if you're not really concerned about them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I the devil? Is he walking in my mind and in my thoughts? And you're worried about something that's been said or something's been done. It's, that's just what he wanted you to do. 
I received a call sometime back, and somebody said, Did you hear this? I said, No. They started telling me something. When they finished, I said, They didn't say it. Oh, yes, they did. I said, No, they didn't. The spirit world got a hold of them. It wasn't them. I'm not offended by them. I'm offended by the devil. Totally took them off. They just, You mean you're not upset? No, because it wasn't them. If I can get the proper attitude toward you, Brother uh, Renfro, it won't be a matter of me saying, Well, he said because you didn't say it. Have you ever heard of talking in your sleep? Now, that's, that's kind of a scary thing if you're in the room with somebody and they start talking. And I'm telling you, in the spiritual sense, we talk in our sleep and we say things that's not us. And we're not even aware of what's coming out of our mouth. We're going to have to get enough spiritual confidence in one another. It doesn't matter who says it. If they say they said it, they didn't say it. Did you hear what Brother Westberg said? No, not him. Now, he can be used by the spirit world even if he can preach like he did today. He can still be manipulated. Every one of you can. But recognize that the powers of darkness that want to bring us into a state of spiritual confusion by the grace of God are not going to do so. But by the witness of God, we're going to be wise and understand and we're not going to allow Satan to take advantage of us. And one moment I realize that I have been placed in that disadvantaged position. I'm going to rush to that party and say, please forgive me. Hallelujah. 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 There's got to be a spirit of unity emanate out of the congregation of the church. There's got to be an attitude come into the house of God that says this is the way it's going to be. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if ever there is a day that Satan is desirous of manipulating and somehow confusing the body of believers into a place of confusion. It's now because we are in the throes of apostolic revival. I'm asking you don't charge me with everything I say. But have mercy on me in the spirit of forgiveness. And let me do the same with you lest I become the devil. Praise God. I'd like for all the pastor's wives to stand. Would you do it? And the reason I want you to stand, ladies, in the years of pastoring, I, in my own lack of understanding, have allowed my wife to be exposed to so much that she didn't need to be exposed to. The hurts and the weights. There's things maybe that you've had pushed, to, pushed off on you that you was embarrassed to even tell your husband about because he's so loaded down I don't want to tell him anything else. Musicians come. I want us to get a spirit of forgiveness today. I want us to forgive every saint that said things about us, about our husband, about the nice car we drive and the clothes we wear. And I want a spirit of forgiveness to overcome us. And Lord, it wasn't them. It was the devil using them to get to me. 
and I forgive them. Then would you put a love in my spirit for that person? I'd like enough of the Holy Ghost to touch you, dear sisters, that you can go back home to that very one that's caused you the most problems and put your arm around them and just say, I just want you to know I love you. Because the flip of the coin is this. They say it. You get offended. And then if you're not careful, you become the adversary. And then it gets to be a continuous circle. Lord, I'm, I'm laying every one of these, I'm laying every problem down today. I come with weights and I'm not carrying them home. Good, godly people we prayed through have become spiritual adversaries to the ministry. And the motive was to wear you out. It wasn't meant to be personal. It was to cause the kingdom to stop. If you were to ask some of the very people that you think are your worst enemies what they think about you, they'd tell you they loved you. 
They're not aware that they have been used of the spirit world. And the devil's got you convinced that this is a mountain when it's not. Would you say it with me? I release these saints at home from everything that was said. Come on, say it. I release the saints from everything that was said to me. I will not take personal offense. Say it. I will not take personal offense. But by God's grace, I'll go home and love those people. Recognizing that the devil dressed himself in their body to hinder the cause of the kingdom. Would you do it, sisters? I will release it. I'll go back home and love those that I thought were my enemies when they were not my enemies. It was Satan dressed in the clothes and the humanity of a saint that really loves God. But his goal and his purpose is to uproot and destroy. Amen. Pastor, would you stand by your wife? There's some of you men standing that have had some personal conflicts to the point that they have been so disruptive that if you didn't have enough spiritual integrity, you'd just say, I quit. You've been betrayed by a friend, it appears to be, but your friend didn't betray you. It's not flesh and blood. It's spirits. And the devil uses man's logic and reason and makes it appear to be. Brother McLean, I will not hold that man or those brethren. I will not hold them accountable for what they said. But I'm going to put it back on the devil. And I'm going to release their spirits. I'm going to go home and love these people. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But we wrestle with principalities and powers in high places. He knows how to get inside our mind. I don't know where you think the high place is, but I'm convinced the high place that we wrestle is right between our eyes. And he gets in there and we can't quit our thoughts. I mean, they eat us up. Brother Shad, well, it just gets, it gets there, and you try to pray, and then before you know it, you're right back on the problem. How many times have you done that? I'm telling you, I've gone through that battle, and I get to praying good, and I'm in the Holy Ghost, and just like snap of your finger, I'm right back in my mind, and it's there again. And the devil wants to drive you up a wall. I will not be the devil. I'm a child of God. And I will not harbor any bitterness I will not hold any grudges if people got crossways and left the church I bid them Godspeed I trust they can be saved hear me pastor if I'm not careful and you're not careful I'll get an attitude because they can go to some other church and shout and jump and run and that's exactly what the devil wants you to get And he wants you to get an attitude toward the man whose church is growing and it grew because you lost 10 
people to him. And maybe he didn't have a thing to do with it. And if you're not careful, you'll call him a sheep stealer. And you'll get an attitude. I'm not talking about proselyting. I'm not talking about doing wrong. I'm talking about when the spirit world makes me a devil. And I actually, I actually manipulate and manipulated by him. I release these spirits. I will not speak for the devil. And I will not hold grudges. And I will not have an attitude. God put me in that church. And I'm going back to that church without fettered hands and without spirits. And by the grace of God, I won't be the devil next week. And when you come to me, the wisdom of Jesus Christ is going to be flooding through me. That righteousness of God is going to be in me, emanating out of my life. And I'll discern your tactics, and I won't be so manipulated by you. Pastor, would you forgive them? It wasn't them. It was the devil. Don't be angry at your saints. Hate the devil. I'm not talking about some demon possessed somebody. I'm talking about when people are just carnal enough to entertain a spirit and cause dissension. And he wears us out by accusations and accusings. Would you do it, pastors? Let's forgive them. And ask God to forgive us for holding it in our spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, forgive us today. Give us a love for our people. Give us a love for our church. Give us a burden for the congregation you've placed us in. And let us know, God, that you, just as you did to Simon Barjona, gave him the keys. You've given us the keys to the kingdom. And whatever we loose, you'll loose. And whatever we bind, you'll bind. Your anointing is on our head and on our ministry. And I can't have a ministry without my companion. And I've got to have her not burdened down with a thousand problems. But I've got to have her when she can flow in the freedom of the Spirit. And not worry about intimidation and worrying about every saint in the church. What they think or what they said or what the attitudes are. I won't have it. But we're going to come out of this conference free of these things in Jesus name as this audience stands all the rest of you dear saints and young men and wives that are aspiring to the ministry wherever it's at in this building if there's anything that needs to be released in you I want it released I will not have the devil manipulating my life and I will not be the devil I will not be the devil. I will not be used of spirits by the grace of God. Look around for somebody you know. And without even talking to them, just say, forgive me. I don't want to be a hindrance to your walk. Forgive me. Forgive me. I don't want to be a hindrance to your walk with God. 
I don't want to stand in your way between here and heaven. We're too close. I don't want to stand in your way. I don't want to be the means of causing someone to shipwreck. Hallelujah. And I close with this. I, I, I don't mind telling you I lost it, Brother Bothmore. You come up for prayer. Made the time it was right, but it wasn't right for me. Because I don't even feel worthy to put my hands on your head. The older men of the church, examples. There's got to be examples. Someone's got to be hurt deep, Brother Howard, and forgive right for there to be examples. Somebody's got to be crushed and done wrong and forgive proper for the young men to see how do you forgive and go on. Somebody's got to be talked about and lied on, and yet you have the right spirit for there to be a good example of what righteousness is. Create within us that right spirit. Oh, God, I don't want to have a spirit in my life. I don't want to be saying things I shouldn't say. I don't want to act in a way I shouldn't act. But let righteousness be a part of me. Let the closeness of your glory and anointing be in my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here I am. Yeah. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I here I am. Oh, here I am, Lord. Here I am. moment as we sing it again pastor why don't you take your wife there and tell her honey I may have been the devil a few times but would you forgive me maybe I said things that crushed you when you needed my strength maybe I ignored you you know they need your love if these women's got to have you pastor one day my wife got my attention she said honey you pastor others but remember you're my pastor too if I ever felt like a heel, I felt like a heel. I was totally, I was totally at a loss. And I'm your pastor. She said, "Yes, you're my pastor too." Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. If you get to sing every special song for the next month, it's all right with me. If the pastor puts you on the platform for the next. Uh, next revival it's all right with me if i have to sit in the back row it's all right but i'm not going to be the devil praise god i'm just not going to be the devil i'm not going to be a spokesman he's not going to manipulate me i want his will i want god's will in my life i want his will in my life can you say it yes here 